ladies and gentlemen, Tyson Popplestone here. This is the Relax Running Podcast brought to you by relaxrunning.com and also by a first ever show sponsor, Rundies Undies Athletic Underwear. Let me tell you a little bit about Rundies. Uh, Rundies were founded in 2015 by Australian Marathon star. You've heard of her before if you've been here, Jess Stenson, now Tring, no, formerly Trengove. Uh, her husband Dylan and her brother Jack in 2015. They're smooth, breathable, supportive, and features soft bamboo fabric in the gusset. Don't be embarrassed if you don't know what a gusset is. Just Google it. It's what I had to do. Just to, I won't judge you. Their range for men and women include jocks, socks, briefs, crop tops, and a cheeky new little G-string. So if you want to go and check out some of their products at rundies.com.au, you'll find their whole range there. You're going to get a 30 percent discount if you use the coupon code RELAX30. That's all in capitals, R-E-L-A-X-3-0. So jump on over and enjoy a 30% discount off their products. Show's also brought to you by the RelaxRunning.com membership. We've got nearly 50 members on board now. So if you want to come over and see what the fuss is about, uh, please do that. You get a three-day free trial when you sign up. So if you just click the $5 a month membership option, the first three days are free. So you're going to get access to uh, bonus podcast episodes. You're going to get access to the Elite Insight video section. You'll also have access to our training programs, to our community forum where you can ask and answer questions from runners and experts of all levels. So there's a whole heap there. Uh, top 100 members or the first 100 members will never pay more than five bucks a month. So if you want to take advantage of that, jump on over to relaxrunning.com, click membership, $5 a month option is yours. Hey, enough of that. Let me tell you about our guest today. Nate Helming is the creator of the Run Experience on YouTube. He's got about 350,000 people subscribed to his YouTube channel and I've been a fan of his stuff for a while now, so I wanted to reach out to him and ask him a bit about the uh, the inspiration behind what he's created. Some of the some of the tactics, some of the techniques that he's got are, are really simple, practical, helpful, not only to helping you run more efficiently, but just helping your day to day life and uh, and sense of well being. So it's a really good podcast interview, and uh, man, he's a wealth of knowledge. I really enjoyed talking to him. So. Um, he's coming at us straight out of San Francisco. I was in Melbourne, so we were on Skype. Hey, really good conversation. I'm, a, I'm more of a fan of Skype than what I realized I was. So hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. So let me get out of your way and enjoy the conversation I had with Nate Helming from The Run Experience. I think like a lot a lot of people discovered you on YouTube and 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 really appreciated the material that you're posting and just reading through the comments it, it seems that you've got a like a really nice range of people who listen to the the content and watch the content that you're putting up from new runners who are trying to figure out their way into the sport and through the sport to a lot of runners who are just trying to find some uh, nice little ways to break through in their performance I think just for for those runners in the world who haven't heard of you I'm not sure that there's many of them left yet like would you just be able to give us a little bit of an overview of, of how you found your way into the scene and what the intention was with getting it started yeah of course thank you uh, thank you for those kind of words uh the run experience is a um youtube uh channel um 
And also, we now have a, a big training platform and an app that you can download. We actually just released the uh, Android version today, so we are, we're stoked with that. We've been on just Apple for the last little bit. But, um, you know, we started, you know, wanting to give runners just good quality video instruction just on different aspects of running and staying healthy. And, and it really started with my own personal journey as a younger runner. Um, I was that person who just had trouble stringing together even a few months of healthy training. And even on my high school cross country team, I, I was always in and out of physical therapy. And what it, what kind of struck me was that I wasn't getting these solutions from my fellow runners or even my run coaches as much. They were just handle the running bits and they say, ah, you're hurt. Like just go over somewhere else and, and deal with it. So I've kind of, at the time, it just, I didn't realize the effect it had. All of a sudden, I felt I was like ostracized for my team. Um, I felt like, am I being a wimp here? Should I suck it up and just keep running? Uh, what conversations and jokes am I missing out because I'm not, you know, with my fellow runners? And, you know, this applied to me as much in high school as it, it does to, you know, weekend runners who are really excited to be part of a new training group. You know, like the and we sort of realized this, the presentation is either ignore this pain and keep running or just sit out altogether. Everyone is going to ignore the pain and keep running until they, they can't go anymore. And so the initial genesis for me was just for my extension of working with runners in the Bay Area locally as a run coach and a strength coach was like, hey, what if I could make some videos on some things I was having successes with in person, teaching runners how to squat, teaching runners how to do better warm-ups, um, leg swings, lunges, hip circles, things that just kind of get muscles activated, your hips in the right position. And, you know, as I, I, I say and I somewhat joke, it's like I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to play one on the Internet. But, you know, if we can get runners moving better and just uh, a little bit more muscularly engaged and I guess you'd even say neurally engaged, that, like, takes care of 90% of the issues that runners will face. Mm, it's a really good point. And I think, especially in the running world, I think, uh, I'm not sure what it's like in the States, but if you're anything like Australia, when it comes to distance running, I think we've we've got the commitment to the running aspect covered. We're happy to do more, 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 more with the, with the hope that that'll lead us to a better performance. But uh, just like you mentioned, if you're, if you're constantly struggling with injury and you're constantly struggling being left out of the group and the workouts, it's going to be really difficult long-term to improve. And I think that's what I like about your your channel especially is you seem to target a lot of the things that a lot of coaches, even at the highest level, seem to ignore. Um, and I think people really respond and, and appreciate to that. But uh, was it so? So you had started doing some local coaching in the Bay Area, and then what? After you'd started doing some work with a lot of athletes over there, you decided to to put your content online and make it to, uh, available to people all around the world. Yeah. So my it was interesting. My and I realized this. What's <laughs> what's interesting about running for a lot of people is it's like an introverted sport. And a lot of run coaches are used to talking to people one-on-one -on -one and, you know, sheltering away into some dark room and just pounding out spreadsheets and, <laughs> and graphs and looking at all that stuff. Um, I, I definitely spent a little time doing that, but I was working out of some 
strength gyms and some CrossFit gyms in the early days. In, in San Francisco, I was part of this CrossFit gym called San Francisco CrossFit that had some just really interesting members and coaches. It was owned by a physical therapist. So they brought this whole, like, let's own our movement and mobility and give all people tools to take care of themselves better and not just use CrossFit to thrash themselves in the ground. Um, because in the early days, as exciting as that sport was, it was getting a lot of, you know, pushback for, for in certain respects, good reasons. And I was sort of thinking about it as like, really is running any different how we treat it, right? Like we just, we just show up and do it. The goal is, Hey, if I can do more miles or kilometers per week in general, that's celebrated than less, you know, if we can run faster, that's more celebrated than, than slower. It's like, this might not be as different as we thought. Um, but what helped me a lot was I wasn't just coaching in my head to one or one-on-one. I was all of a sudden coaching a room full of 30 people and I could give a cue or say, Hey guys, we're going to do a squat or we're going to do this workout. And all of a sudden I could see 30 different variations of a squat or 30 different ways a squat or a push up or a plank could be messed up. And so that gave me a ton of practice. For when I could do a video, I could say, okay, guys, you're going to do a squat and there's the three or five ways you're probably going to mess it up because I've seen it. And, uh, and that kind of turned into, you know, me, you know, traveling around a little bit more, doing like more seminars, um, for strength coaches and runners on just how they can like strength train and move better and kind of self treat certain injuries. And then eventually I was pretty maxed out. You know, with most coaches, like you can only handle so many one-on-one athletes. I was only, I can only do so many hours in a day. I think I peaked where I was writing individual schedules for 25 athletes online. And then I was doing five to seven hours of daily one-on-one or group class coaching. And I was just, I was tapped. It was like, <laughs> there's gotta be something else here. Um, and I was like 29 when I got there. So I was like, am I just gonna, this is, I love this, yeah. but like, yeah, what's the higher impact version? And that's what got me into doing video. And, you know, it's funny about video, especially I'm like working with a lot of athlete coaches right now, and I'm trying to like pull them in to do videos with me. And a lot of times I realize there's a little pushback and they're, they're nervous because they're just not used to speaking in front of a camera. And I remember like the first time I realized I had to do a video, um, I just scheduled a, a, a time with my one of my fellow coaches in the gym and they were just going to meet me in an empty gym and hold their phone in front of me (laughs) for like two minutes. And I was nervous about doing that two days before I started, (laughs) you know, I, I, I I can appreciate the, how that, Sometimes. Uh, it's so funny, man, because one of the things that I constantly see on the comments below the video is how relaxed you look in front of the camera. So how things change, hey? Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, just a little bit, you know, just more practice. And uh, it's fun, you know, and I think the other thing that I really enjoy about um, the run experience and our platform and a thing I'm really proud about is that, you know, it's not just about me, right? It's, it's, uh, a platform for other voices and coaches and creators to, to come on. And I think that helps us in, in two ways. Number one, um, it helps attract um, a broader audience of individuals because 
you know, we have Morgan, we have Holly, we have Elizabeth on there. We've had a guy named Kirk who's done videos out of another part of the country. Like they're just, they have a different point of view. They have a different angle of attack. Um, and just different people are going to resonate with them. And then the second thing, and you can probably appreciate this as a content creator yourself, um, you know, putting three videos out a week by yourself, you know, for three plus years would be really difficult, right? To keep it at a high quality, just, just coming up with the ideas and then executing on them. So right now we have a team that we can sort of spread out the burden a little bit. Our audience benefits because they get that variety and then our channel grows as a result. Sure. Um, one of the things that I'm always interested in with the people who are coming to my website as well is, is just to get a little bit of an understanding about what they think goes into becoming a good athlete and having grown up in, in the running world and, and, and rubbed shoulders with a, a lot of elite level athletes, you, you sort of get a little bit of an insight into what the top level athletes are doing and um, uh, and I think through looking at the running experience, you look at things like strength and you look at targeting specific races through your running training and then there's flexibility and then there's recovery. Um, are, there, are there certain elements that you guys are, are really focused on on building your content around or are there any particular areas that uh, you think lead to a far better performance in in your running experience so we have a saying um i have it on my my little jacket here uh on the on the back shoulder um and, and the basic saying is like we want you to earn your miles and this doesn't happen with brand new runners but it does happen with you know, the school level, collegiate level runner who's trying to level up and they see what that next level runner is doing. They're like, well, to get there, I need to do those miles too. And our main message to, to all those runners is to say, hey, the miles you want to run or the kilometers you want to run <laughs> are a privilege you and your body has to earn. It's not a right. And to do that healthfully and intelligently you know, the more you're running, the more any little error or breakdown in your mechanics becomes magnified. Any strength and balance becomes more of an issue. You know, when you start running, doing more miles, et cetera, like any deficiency is exaggerated. You need more time for self-care and strength to balance yourself out and not, and not less. Um, and so we really want to provide those tools for runners and to get them thinking about it on day one versus the kind of <laughs> the what the kind of unspoken of sort of thing is like well i'm just going to run and not change anything until something bad happens and then when something bad happens then i'm going to be forced to change my pattern of behavior and our whole goal is like let's flip that around let's just be more proactive in thinking about you know, running for me, a good extension of running is just being an extension of a good athlete. And we're in this sort of weird conundrum. Have you ever heard, I always love this, I love this telling the story. Have you ever read the book um, or heard of the book, The Boys in the Boat? No. So it, it's from, it talks about the 1936 men's Olympic rowing team. And they won the gold medal, and this was in, like, Hitler's Nazi Germany. And it, they were, like, the um, 
they were like the upset of the upset of the upset. Like they weren't supposed to win on many levels. They were, you know, at the time, United States and rowing, I don't think is very dominant. A lot of European countries were stronger. Like think about UK, London, all the rowing clubs there. And so that US team beat them was big. And then in the US, all the dominant teams were all the Ivy League schools on the East Coast, um, the Harvards, the Yales, the Princetons. And this was a school, the University of Washington, all the way out on the West Coast. So they're kind of talking about their training, a lot of human stories, and just kind of like the coaching geek in me picked up on the small <laughs> detail. This wasn't even a major detail of the of the uh, the book, but the coach was like, "Okay, and this is 1936." He's like, "Okay, guys, like during rowing season, all I want you you guys to do is row, nothing else. I only want you to do things that look like rowing." Every other activity you need to stop because we need to save all our energy for this. And I was like, oh, specificity. That is something that we still talk about and preach today. To be a better runner, all I have to do is run. But what I picked up also in the book is that the lifestyle of a 18-year-old or 20-year-old in 1936 is very different from <laughs> the lifestyle of an 18-year-old in uh, 2020. These guys are literally walking uh, – 10 miles a day to get places. They're not on their phones. They're rarely, if ever, sitting hunched over a chair. They literally are lumberjacks in the summer. Like, that was their job. <laughs> They're lifting, carrying heavy logs, like sawing things. Like, I've yet to see that show up in any elite runners or endurance athletes program is to, like, carry 100-pound stumps from one side of, <laughs> you know, the ground to another. And so when I thought about it, I'm like, huh, in this context, specificity makes a hundred percent sense. These guys are strong. They move well because their life demands it. And all of a sudden, if I were to ask to, for them to strip some of that away and just focus on their sport, I'm totally down. The context today of this message is so different. We have kids who are slumped in chairs all day, punked over phones, staring at a screen. Their posture and overhead mobility is the worst their ankles and hips are the worst. And all we're asking and expecting is that running is going to solve all these problems. And then if we just have them run more without addressing any other athletic aspect of themselves, like they're just hurtling towards nothing good. And to make matters worse, as I continue on my little, my soapbox here, <laughs> you know, there, there are certain level of runners and coaches who have survived this gauntlet right, from the last 20 years. And, like, the elite coaches now are the people who've just been running for the last 20 years. And, and the message is like, well, I made it, so why shouldn't you? And there are people on the spectrum, right, that small percentage that will just never get hurt. They never have to stretch. They never have to strength train. They can sit like a lump in their chair and run, and they're fine. But my question is, like, well, what about the rest of us? Mm -hmm. What about all those talented runners who had to drop out after high school or drop out of college university. And it wasn't because they lacked VO2 max, right? It was just because some mechanical thing kept forcing stress fractures or, or something else. So for me, this is a much bigger conversation than just, you know, how do we be a better runner? Like to me, this is like, we need to expand the conversation beyond what my heart rate on my watch says. Mm, yeah, that's really good. So in the context of today, with the, I guess, the, the, the foundation being that the kids are slumped over and so many adults are spending their days sitting down. And uh, though I feel like we're starting to wake up to the fact that it is a little bit of a problem, I would say that the majority of people are still living a lifestyle of, of 
um, I guess you'd say laziness without even meaning to, uh, and then to try and come out and, and run efficiently from that lifestyle, as you're saying, is, is a really difficult thing to do. So um, are, there, are there particular um, exercises, gym programs, strength training, or just even little um, triggers throughout the day that you encourage your athletes to do in order to break them out of this cycle of, of, of just laziness, I guess you'd call it, for lack of a better word? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, like, I want to talk about the laziness part because I don't think this is runner's fault, right? It's not like the runners and, and the rowers of 1936 were like any smarter than us. It was just their lifestyle, you know, forced a certain degree of physical activity and standard, and they just raced those standards. So the positive of this is that if we change certain aspects about the demands in our life, like our bodies will answer really quick. Like, if you want to learn French, you can learn French. If you want to climb Mount Everest, you know, it may not happen next month, but like our bodies have an incredible capacity to adapt. So mm-hmm. that is like a total positive in this conversation. I think what we're grappling with right now is that from a transportation and convenience standpoint, we have done such a good job of engineering all inconvenience out of our life that, you know, we've kind of gotten ourselves here. Like, you used to take the stairs. Now there's an escalator or an elevator, right? It's gotten to the point that even in an airport, you don't even have to walk, right? They've got moving sidewalks. Like you step out your door and you don't have to walk that far. There's an Uber that's going to pick you up and you get food delivered. Like we've just done such a good job. Like if you, <laughs> you don't have to move to survive at all, yeah. right? And like in our modern day, um, so that's obviously a benefit for running, Um but in terms of things that runners can do, I think of the the lifestyle hours that you spend sleeping, moving awake as as a more powerful lever than even the hours you spend training, right? And if there's 168 hours a week, and let's say, I mean, how many how many hours a week would you say most runners, like an elite runner, would train, including gym, including re- recovery and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say at least two hours a day if you're an elite runner. Yeah, two hours a day. So we're looking like 14 hours uh, a week, something like that, right? So even if you're training with all incredible intention for those 14 hours, you know, the week has 168. So what about the rest of those hours? Mm. Um, Just just kind of on, on scale. So the things that I like to address with my runners is, you know, if you are, uh, let's talk about foot strength, right? If I'm in um, soft, cushy shoes all the time, maybe that's appropriate for my long run. Uh, how can I spend more time barefoot or minimal shoes just to give myself a better sense of the ground and to just strengthen my feet? And literally, that could be I'm, I'm at the office, I'm running errands, I'm in the gym, I'm from home. Like, get out of those cushy shoes. Get out of those orthotics if you can. Like just from like a basic foot strength thing. Um, if you are, you know, like a lot of us spending time working, can you work at different levels? Um, you know, there's more talking about how sitting is not necessarily the best and we should be standing more. I think if a lot of people just stand for eight hours, they're going to get crushed. <laughs> so how can you spend time sitting on the floor? How can you spend time sitting or standing? If you've got a phone call, and you get up and walk around and move a little bit. And I just think those little things, as subtle as they are, they really have a huge, powerful effect. 
in terms of just being a little bit more open um, with your body. You know, from just a culture standpoint, I can get a bunch of adults who don't know each other in the gym walking around doing bear crawls on their hands, doing a bunch of weird warm-up stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, we're in this place. This is what we do. This is what our culture says. That's fine. Um, if you show up at a group run, for the most part, and there are people who warm up on their own or do things, but most of the, what the culture says is, hey, we stand around and chat with our friends and do nothing <laughs> until we all start running, and then we shuffle off. So I joke, it's like, hey, slow jogging is not the best warm-up or slightly faster jogging, <laughs> especially if you're coming from your car where you've been sitting and you're stuck or you just woke up and you're just not awake yet or it's at the, the middle of the day and you're just like your body's, your hips are tight, shoulders are stiff. So if there's anything anyone takes away from here, it's like give yourself three minutes to do a dynamic warm-up, opening up your hips and shoulders. We've got tons of videos on my channel about that that will instantaneously change that first experience of your run and help your mechanics a ton. Yeah, it certainly opens up that mechanics. As you said, I'm, I'm picturing so many people down at the track who are running at an elite level just doing those basic drills but before they start their race, which to just to, I, I guess someone who's starting running for the first time or a, a new to the sport looking in can look a little bit foreign. But as you say, if you can just start to develop that biomechanics and uh, just, I guess, the uh, increase that movement throughout so many of the joints are just stagnant. It's going to be a real benefit. But um, <clears throat> you touched on the, you know, the training videos and things that you do have on your channel, which there's, there's, there's an endless amount of. I've been really enjoying looking through them. But I also had a look at your website and I noticed that you've got some more um, event-specific and uh, strength-specific or nutrient-specific training program. Did you want to just walk us through a few of those and, and some of the reasons behind that? Because I think what I love about what you do is, is as well as what you do, the, the foundation, but underneath it, they're, they're built on really solid principles that if people can start to adapt and implement over time can uh, not only improve their running, but I just, I, I guess their sense of joy and ease and even connection with nature through what you're saying, connection with you know, a more original state. So I'd love you to speak a, a little more about some of those principles and the reasons behind it. Yeah. So what we wanted to do, like one of the realizations I had was, okay, you could have a written running plan written by like the most brilliant running coach out there. Every progression and interval has its purpose. It's like in the schedule at the perfect time. And in theory, if you are the human who can survive that with nothing going wrong and your body takes the things perfectly um, and there's no injuries, like you're going to have a great go of things. Um, but for <laughs> the 95% of people where something <laughs> does go wrong or they're not as fit as they were going in as they thought or they have some sort of movement deficiency they have to address, you know, we wanted to give runners a good alternative and also a sense of self-ownership of their own training. Um, and what we wanted to do was create programs that were video-based and not just text-based. Like, it's, it's funny, like, when you talk to, um, if you're familiar with uh, a run coach named Greg McMillan from the United States, he's uh, 
he's a former Olympian. He created this Macmillan calculator. Um, there's another guy who's a, a triathlon coach for a guy named Joe Friel. Um, these guys basically started um, doing remote coaching before the internet. So literally they were faxing uh, workouts to runners. They would like type out or write them out and fax them or mail them in the post to give to their runners workouts. And then, you know, they would get feedback back that way. And, and then it's turned into different like, you know, online options and there's easier to download PDFs. And so what we wanted to do is just leverage the technology and then my skill set working with athletes in person it was like, what if we were to make video based programs where all of a sudden it felt like you were in one of my classes or in person where I could show you rather than just say warm up or cross train, I could like show you what that exactly should look like rather than just say, Hey, do this drill. I could show you and guide you through what it is. So they have that better experience and we had fun with it. We just built, um, we have a bevy of programs from a marathon to a half marathon program with beginner and intermediate options. We've got a 5K training program. We started with a thing called the 30-day challenge, which was more about like, okay, what's our core value for all runners? Like if we could create one program that no matter what, where this runner came from, it's like, what's the 30 days of training we'd want to put them through? And that's what this 30-day challenge was. And it was a little lighter on the run volume, but a little bit heavier and more intentioned on all these things we've discussed so far from, you know, daily mobility work um, to different running drills to, like, more rigorous bodyweight strength training. Yeah. And so that's really the, the a platform of our programs. And then we did variations. It's like, look, we were getting requests for a barbell program, like, I've been in the gym for years, so I love swinging a kettlebell and a barbell round. Um, but I, I wanted to remove all barriers and friction points for runners in the beginning. So it's like, hey, let's just not even bring the gym into the equation. Uh, but we added that. And then we worked with people on, you know, nutritions from kind of a lifestyle and habit standpoint, how we could bring that into the equation. Um, right now we're working on an injured runner program where we are uh, trying to give people more guidance, not only from, okay, your knee hurts, you know, do this stretch to add these certain accessory movements, and then here's how to prioritize or um, program in some cross-training, and then just some different levels so they just have more direction. Sure. And most of the people that are coming to your programs, are they coming through your YouTube channel, or how do they find out about you? So they find this a lot through YouTube. Um, I think coaching and the running is such a, it's such a relationship and community business. Like it's such a trust thing. Mm. Like even it's, I always think about like, even if I was if, like, I don't know if you like, you know, watch anything on Netflix or, or even like you're like downloading a new book. You're like, man, like I'm, it's like, it's my Friday night. I have these two hours. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to waste my time, right? So it's like, even though, there's, even though there's no incremental cost, right? I mean, you're paying for Netflix. But in essence, like, this movie is free or that's free. I'm not judging my time here based on the money. I'm just hoping that this is going to be a good use of my time and then it's going to be helpful. So I think with run programs, there's a similar thing. Like, 
just because a run program is free doesn't mean a runner is going to do it because all of a sudden you're like, no, it's actually not free. They're investing five, six, ten weeks of their life into this. Mm. And they want to know that this is going to work for them. And so for us, the YouTube channel where they can build relationships with us and try out some of our workouts and get coaching from us, really build that relationship up. So then all of a sudden they're like, okay, I'm ready to go into the marathon program and I know what I'm going to get because I've seen a version of this on YouTube. Sure. One of the things that I'm really interested in picking your brain about as well is the, the subject of recovery, which I guess is an extension of everything that we've been speaking about in terms of being efficient at what you do. Um, there's a, I think people are starting to wake up to it, especially at an elite level. I mean, the conversations that I've had with so many top athletes and have just experienced myself as an athlete are, okay, if you want to run well on the track, you have to make sure you recover well off the track. And to touch on what you said about you know how many hours a week we're training versus how many hours that we're uh, spending a, a, away from training, it, it just highlights the, I guess, the significance or the amount of time that we could actually invest in making sure that when we get back to our training program, we're we're ready to roll. Are there are there certain um, things that that you would encourage your members or, or your viewers to do uh, to help re- recover more efficiently from massage to ice bath? <laughs> you know, there are some really fun new tools and toys out there. Um, I would say that um, there's a lot of modalities that are going to work. I think the biggest thing, allocating the time and creating a habit of it. So, you know, what I like to do at the end of day, and especially for people who's just like, man, I'm like running, I'm like balancing my life, I've got my kids, i got to make dinner. Like, I don't have more time in the day. And you're like, you don't. <laughs> so how do we, how do we, you know, how do we, take some of the time that you're already doing things and, and help, you know, get a little bit more recovery in there. So one aspect from a mobility and self-care standpoint, which just helps break up, you know, adhesion in a tissue, bring blood flow into tired, damaged muscles would just be, Hey, if you're watching, um, a little movie at night or a little show to unwind, like, do it on the floor in front of your TV, right? Like roll out one muscle group or two muscle groups a night um, just as a way of um, helping fast track things. And that will just help flush your legs out from the previous session, get you ready for the next one. Uh, it'll make sure that you're establishing a really good baseline for yourself. Um, most people, if they don't do any of this, and then all of a sudden their knee hurts eight or ten weeks into a program, they're really dumbfounded. They're like betrayed. They're like, how could you meet? I thought we've done so much things together. And it just felt like it came out of nowhere. Whereas in reality, you know, something was lurking underneath the surface just below your awareness. And if I can do things that increase my awareness, I can catch this stuff early and make adjustments. Mm. Um, I think another thing that I love is in addition to training and running, like, I'm someone who mostly works out in the mornings. So what I try to do is go for a walk in the afternoon or evening, like after work, clears my brain, but also I'm working with a a physical therapist here in the United States who talks a lot about the importance of walking for just decongesting tissues. 
and you're just sort of this gentle movement just adds this little pump into the legs and muscles that just helps clear things out. So like movement is so key. And if we can do real gentle, easy movements, if my calves or Achilles were skipped from uh, a trail or a hard track run that I did yesterday, if I go for a walk tonight, that just helps get some of that out. Yeah, sure. Are you training for anything in particular at the moment? I, I did see that you ran a pretty nice 10K from your YouTube video a couple of weeks ago, which uh, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but based on your response, it looked like you surprised yourself a little bit with how quickly you ran. So you're obviously doing some kind of training. I, yeah, you know, I have gone through different phases of training for me from being um, very competitive 10, 15 years ago to letting a lot of that go to just focus on traveling and coaching and building my business to now, you know, having fun, uh, running hard again with, with some buddies. Um, so my, uh, my goal currently right now is to go, um, under 18 minutes for 5k. And I had planned to do that for the, the Boston, uh, marathon host a big 5k two days before the Boston marathon itself. So I was going to do that, and I was going to try to film it um, again <laughs> if, I, if I could. Uh, and so right now I'm um, still doing some hard track workouts because they're fun. I enjoy it. Um, I like right now working on 5K and 10K speed because I can thrash myself for an hour or less. <laughs> I don't feel too beat up the rest of the day or the week. Um, and I feel like pretty balanced as a human Versus like training for a 50K ultra where I'm like trail running for four hours and then I'm just like so crushed <laughs> for, you know, life for life. <laughs> yeah, that is brutal. Man, you've got yeah, some, so, you got some serious talent coming out of the, uh, the States at the moment. Sorry, I think, did I just interrupt you? Did you finish your, your answer there, man? That's so funny no, trying no, to no, adjust no, to the no. lag on here. Um, no, there's, there's, um, yeah, those are kind of the main things for me. Um, but, uh, what were you saying about the uh, talent coming out of the U.S. Man, right now? I was I was just going to ask you uh, because it, it is so interesting to hear about you know the inspiration that you offer to people. But I, I was thinking I was looking through um, just some of the times, some of the breakthroughs. I can't remember the bloke's name that he, he finished third in the marathon trials. He's coached by an Australian guy. That's how I know about him, um, and he's just qualified for what would have been his his first Olympics, which is looking a little bit up in the air. I'm not sure you know what the the Olympic schedule is going to look like now. It's maybe delayed yeah. till 2021. But um, yeah. with all the talent that's around you, with like on an international scene from Matt Centrowich to Jordan Hasey to um, like people like Ryan Hall, are there are there any particular athletes that, that you look up to or that you've modeled some of the things that you teach from? So I really um, enjoy, I really like Des Linden. I like her attitude who was um, the winner of uh, the Boston Marathon a few years ago. Um, I just sort of like generally like her attitude and her grit. Um, she's had so many close calls and hasn't made it. And so when she finally did, you know, that was just incredible. Um, she's a multi-Olympian. Um, you know, I have to hand it to Galen Rupp. Um, I know that there is just some mixed messaging around him uh, just with his association with Alberto Salazar. But, you know, the guy has delivered, mm. you know, in, in a big way. Um, 
you know, for some of the younger up and comers, I really like uh, Scott Bobble and uh, what some of the athletes out of the Northern Arizona elite crew have done with uh, Ben Rosario. Um, I just like that they're looking at running, especially in this day and age. And I think their coach Ben has done a good job in building a culture of their runners that also connects with the broader audience of runners, Mm. you know, so they're really good on social media and just making themselves accessible um, and, uh, you know, relatable in certain ways, you know, like Scott loves, you've got his whole like burrito mafia thing, (laughs) kind of a funny thing. So it's fun to see those guys, you know, be knuckleheads and, how to run fast yeah yeah i've been following on instagram um, tin man elite for the last couple of months i've actually i've got a mate in australia i don't know if you've heard of him he was uh he finished third at the milrose games over 3k this year uh, this year jordan guzman oh, he no. um he actually runs for malta now oh, but he yeah. lives about 300 meters away from from where i'm sitting and i've recently become friends with him since he moved into the neighborhood and uh man yeah. just hearing about some of the quality of athletes and some of the stories that come out of tin man elite uh, man, it sounds like there's some really high quality groups that are that are roaming around at the moment. Yeah, you know there really are, and I, I think like what I've seen, and I, and I could I'm not the only one to make this observation, but you know I think in the United States for a long time there was this notion that you know all professional runners should sort of train alone in their own little silo, and now there's much more of a group communal atmosphere, and I think just everyone training and living together, whether it's in Eugene, Oregon or Flagstaff or with like the Hanson's Brook project, like there's just this like rising collective of everything. And it's awesome. You have the older, more experienced athletes working with the new up and comers as they come on the team and they're transitioning out of college and they're a runner for the first time. And they're like, how do I do this thing? Um, so I just, I do, I do love that. Um, I think it's very cool. And then, you know, honestly, with one of the fascinating things where I sit, because I don't come from the elite pro running world. Like, you know, my background is I, I ran some um, in high school. I ran a little bit more competitively afterwards. I wanted to be a professional triathlete, so I really pushed hard on the triathlon and Ironman. I raced Sierra. I raced mountain bikes. Um, I got a little far there. I did some road bike racing. I got into CrossFit. Um, Like, I've just seen a lot of different cultures and sports. And what's funny to me is, like, it doesn't matter the sport. I could kind of tell the person who's brand new in the sport because (laughs) the the patterns are all the same. And I could tell the person who's been into it for, like, a year or two and they've done one or two races and they're, like, they're wearing all the gear – They've got the compression socks on. And, you know what I mean? They're yeah. all almost taking themselves too seriously. And then you see, like, you know, the elite athletes who are good, but they have nothing to prove. They're a little more subdued. And it's like, it's the same in every sport. It doesn't really matter. So I just, I'm always interested in, in that dynamic. Um, but what also, what I love with running are just, even now, like, just the different, um, communities and pockets of runners and just how big running is. Uh, I listened to an interview with Zach Bitter on uh, the Joe Rogan uh, Experience podcast where he's talking about how we set the 
hundred mile world record, um, running hundred miles in 11 hours and 20 minutes or something like the average, like a six forty mile. And he's planning on running across the United States. Um, so there's like that extension, right. Of road and ultra, um, to, you know, people who are doing the marathon thing. And then I'm, I never ran track. I kind of wish I did, but I am becoming my more excited and fascinated with some of the, the speed events and the track events. And I just think some of the best, most powerful, balanced looking runners to me are the shorter distance. Mm. Like they just look awesome. You got a real appreciation for that technical side of the sport. Hey, like you're thinking of athletes like Usain Bolt and even Matt Centru, which your Olympic gold medalist over 1500 looks quite nice. And I'm also, well, I'm, I'm also just a, a fan of his racing ability. But there was a couple of years there where, man, just to just to see his performance on the track, you just knew that whichever start line he was a part of, he was going to be a good chance at at winning. But it's interesting to me. I think one of the things that that keeps coming back out of the work that you do is that that technical side and that efficiency side and um, just trying to get athletes to run, uh, I guess, more efficiently, would you say? Yeah, I think, I think so. And I think sometimes like, like that efficiency, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of driven by the demands of our lifestyle. Like running technique doesn't have to be a mental exercise. Like I think it's part of it, but I think we need to understand that, how our arm swings is just a function of just how we carry ourselves throughout the day. And if I'm just a little hunched over, um, when that thoracic spine is a little bit stiffer, it's called being kyphotic. Um, my shoulders are internally rotated around and in because my pecs are really tight. You know, my arm swing, my elbows are going to start to swing out a little bit more horizontal. And there's no cueing that you or any coach can do to fix that. Right. It's just, it's just an expression of how my body moves. And I could try to get my arms to swing a little bit more back and forth. But because I don't have that mobility in that range, it's going to look mechanical and weird and stiff. And then it's going to create more problems. So there's so much of our running technique is actually, if I can get you more open, moving better in general, like so much of the running technique, I think takes care of itself. Mm. Man, I think there's a there's a nice crossover between our two audiences in the sense that I would say that my audience, though a lot newer, only started this project about five or six months ago. Uh, but from the comments I've had, there's there's a lot of people in the elite side of the running, but there's also a lot of people who are just getting into running for the first time and are just trying to find their way through or trying to find their way to improve performance. Uh, do you have any general advice if you have someone that comes up to you and says, okay, I'm quite new to the sport, is there any just general rules that would probably help me improve my running that if I didn't know would just delay the process of me running faster? So a lot of people, especially who are newer to the sport, are using running to get in shape. Um, but they need to think about whether they're in shape enough to actually run. So I need to build some level of fitness to even start running, to build a body that can handle the impact before I start to load on for the miles. And of course, like some running can add that in. Um, but I just want to think about, you know, maybe doing a program that is a little bit more balanced, uh, less run heavy and just more like, Hey, for four to six weeks, I am 
I'm doing intervals. It could be on a bike or something else. I'm going to do some run workouts too, but I'm going to do a lot of strength workouts. And it could be, I think the four movements that I always start athletes with is the squat, the push up, the burpee, and the lunge. You can do a lot of uh, damage in a good way on yourself just with those four movements of just building yourself up. And if I can, you know, depending on my level of fitness, but if I can really commit to some sessions there, like, and run on the other days, I'm going to really set myself up for it. And even for the elite athlete, <laughs> when I see athletes who develop stress fractures in their, their cubic synthesis or in their femur or something else, it's, you are so structurally deficient that you have this Ferrari engine in this rusted out <laughs> Toyota Corolla <laughs> chassis that every time you grab the engine, like a hubcap falls off and like your wheel goes, it's just like you running more is not the win here, right? Like you need to build a body that can handle strength. And I think we need to have an honest conversation about why we're running, you know, like running, running 20 to 30 miles a week, running, you know, three to four days a week, we could probably say most people, there's going to be a health benefit to that. If I am a collegiate athlete who is trying to run 80 to 100 plus miles a week, and I'm doing two run sessions a day, we're not doing that for health anymore. And I'm not saying that there aren't mental benefits of driving towards something that's really, really hard. Like I like to celebrate people striving towards those things. But, you know, when I've worked with athletes who are professional cyclists, um, you know, their body starts to look like their bike after a while. They're so uber hyper specialized. It's like, no man, you're not healthy. Like let's not let's not pretend that you are. Like this is such an extreme version of what human beings you know should be doing it's cool let's celebrate it spend some time but like let's just be honest with what we're going after mm, yeah that's a really good point man um just before we wrap it up for for those people out there who are interested in what you've done may, uh, what you're doing maybe even seen some of your videos and uh, are curious about checking out some of your programs who um i, I know you touched on it briefly before who the programs are designed for, but uh, which people would you point towards the run experience.com to have a look at your programs and, and how is it based? Are you paying for a, a 10 week program? Is it a membership structure? Uh, what can people expect when they jump on over? Sure. So definitely appreciate that. So definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel um, and just our Instagram, both are at the run experience uh, on YouTube. We're putting out three new videos a week. Those are all hundred percent free and we do everything from run workouts, run tips, strength, injury prevention. I mean, if you're, if you just search for something on YouTube that is half marathon related, there's a good chance one of our videos will be showing up on the, on the first page there. So you could probably find it that way. Um, we have, um, an app that you can download both in the app and the Google store. Again, just search for the run experience. And we have an online membership where you can either pay, um, $20 a month or 120 bucks for the year. Um, and you get access to all of our programming we offer as well as just, uh, 
higher touch uh, communication with our team of coaches and, uh, you know, access to our runner community. So we've got marathon, half marathon programs, 5K, injury prevention, strength training, um, nutrition-based challenges, and, you know, other new things we're always putting in there all the time. Uh, I would say most of our athletes are in the beginner to intermediate category um, for most of our programs. Um, from my own personal experience, um, I have worked with a few elite athletes in Marin and the Bay Area, and I've had them go through our strength and movement mobility protocols. Like We just have to remember that the principles for any level of athlete are the same. It's just really the volume and the intensity that changes. So even if you're an elite athlete, all the warm-up stuff, the strength and movement stuff applies just as much to you, if not more so, than it does to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say you know, the bulk of runners we work with are you know, people trying to qualify for the Boston Marathon, get under two hours for a half, uh, things like that. Yeah, beautiful, man. Now, thank you so much for that. I'm interested, just before we get out of here, what's the training program looking like over in uh, the Bay Area at the moment? I know in Melbourne, there's a lot of news about, hey, stay in your house as much as you possibly can, keep 10 metres away from anyone else. <laughs> so I can imagine some group runs are difficult over the next couple of weeks. What's the story there for you? So there are, um, yeah, our gym is closed down for the time being. There are no group runs that are happening. Everyone is you know, training uh, from wherever they are. Unfortunately, I live over the Golden Gate Bridge um, in a beautiful area called Marin County, and we just have rolling hills and mountains right at our doorsteps. So I just have miles of road and trail without a stop sign or stoplight uh, right above me. So I feel very fortunate there uh, in being able to social distance myself <laughs> and everything in. Um, Actually, one of the things that will is uh, a big project with uh, a lot of other brands and runners and sponsors um, to put together some training for people who are all of a sudden stuck at home in the United States and, and throughout the world. And it's something called Together We Move. We're actually launching it uh, next week um, where we'll be offering free daily training uh, in our app that anyone can do, and we're going to feature a lot of great guest coaches and runners and athletes, you know, everyone from, I've got runner and author Matt Fitzgerald, who's going to be contributing something. Um, we have, uh, Oli- like, Olympian runners, um, Jason Rittenhine and Alexi Pappas will be contributing something with uh, UCAN. Um, we're going to see athletes like Emma Coburn, do something for us as well as other big YouTube channels and other run coaches and contributors. So it's going to be this very big collective thing. Everyone's going to come in with their perspective, share something that a run workout or a strength or core thing they could do at home or some mindfulness perspective thing to think about right now. You know, (laughs) does a runner have a purpose in life if their training has been canceled, (laughs) you know, for, for racing? Yeah. And we're just trying to turn this into a little bit of a positive. Yeah, beautiful, man. Love that. That's all going to be launching next week. We'll have it online. And, uh, yeah, we'd love for, you to, love for you to join in. Awesome, man. No, thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for making the time, man. It's, uh, it's really nice to 
actually talk at the computer and see your head talk back to me. It's a it's a strange experience rather than just watching your video. So uh, it's been good to connect with you, brother. Totally. Awesome, well, thank man. you so much for reaching out. Uh, uh, super fun. And, uh, yeah, maybe we can get you contributing something for our uh, Together We Move campaign. Hey, dude, more than happy to. Let me know how I can help. Awesome. See you, brother.